0: relax, and get set to travel back in time. Here's Joey. Thanks, Todd. Hi, I'm Joey Mitchell, and
1: thanks for joining us on Celebrity Interviews with me. Today's episode deals with a lady whose work I really enjoy, and after meeting and talking to her, I love her even more. She was born in Brooklyn to a Catholic family, and her father was of German and Swiss descent. Her mother, Katrine Nigallo, is of Italian descent. So her siblings are her younger brother, Fred, named Butch, and her older sister, Ellen. Who is she? She's Cindy Lauper. Unfortunately for Cindy, her parents divorced when she was just five years old, and her mother remarried and then divorced again. Cindy grew up in Ozone Park that's a neighborhood of Queens and as a child she listened to such artists as the Beatles and Judy Garland and at the age of 12 she began writing songs and playing an acoustic guitar given to her by her sister Cindy expressed herself with a variety of hair colors and eccentric clothing and she still does and took her friend's advice to spell her name as C-Y-N-D-I rather than C-I-N-D-Y Her unconventional sense of style led to classmates' both bullying her and throwing stones at her, believe it or not. Cindy went to Richmond Hill High School but was expelled. Later she earned her GED, left home at seventeen to escape her abusive stepdad, intending to study art, while well, her journey took her to Canada where she spent two weeks in the woods with her dog sparkle, trying to find herself. She eventually traveled to Vermont, where she took classes at Johnson State College and supported working a variety of odd jobs. In 2019, she gave the commencement address at Northern Vermont University. It was a concert Cindy was performing in Sacramento that prompted her call to me at the radio station to promote the show. And I got to talk to a lady I always admired. Here's the interview with Cindy Lauper on 101.5 K-Hits.
2: I saw you on the cover of AARP, and you look better oh than ever. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you're leaning against that motorcycle, looking all kind of hot.
3: Yeah, well.
2: Yeah, well, you're being well, modest. The
3: guy who, who owns art loves motorcycles. I guess.
2: Yeah. What colors your hair right now? Is it still pink?
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, that's why that...
3: I think pink is good. Yeah,
2: it looks so cool. It, it really <sighs> does. You're going to be here on September 23rd. Have you ever been in the Sacramento area before? <laughs>
3: The Pope, Catholic? Of course, I have. <laughs> I've been short in this country forever. Um, uh, I travel. I travel, hon. I travel. Yeah, yeah.
2: I well, we, we're giving away tickets to your show, and people are going crazy. They just—they love oh, you.
3: Really? Yeah. They—they awesome.
2: they love you. It's
3: a, it's a good show, and the Indigo Girls are playing. It's yeah. Pretty exciting. Yeah. I—I I, I mean, I met them way back when, and I do stuff with them every once in a while, and I really love them.
2: You do stuff with everybody every once in a while. I mean, you do the- I
3: love, I love the community of artists. Mm-hmm. I love to find out how other artists sing and work. I love to share what I'm doing. I like to collaborate. I, it's my favorite thing. It yeah. really is. makes music interesting to me, because otherwise I'm just with my old boring self You know.
2: Kinky Boots, the, the Broadway play. I mean, how many people can boast a Broadway play in their resume? And and look at you.
3: Six- Sarah. Sarah Bareilles. She can.
2: <laughs> you are so humble. Six Tony Awards. Best original score. I mean, look at you. you, you you've got how many millions of albums you've sold. 50 million globally. You won wow. a Grammy, an really? Emmy, a Tony. And there you are putting yourself down. What are you, nuts?
3: No, I'm not put myself down, but you know, I just like that that happened because Harvey called me. I always wanted to work with Harvey Price. Uh-huh. Really such a great storyteller. And, you know, I did one of those punishment tours in in Europe, you know, on the double decker bus where yeah. they put you in the back telling you this is where the stars stay and then you get swung <laughs> all over every time the bus turns like I Love Lucy episode, you know, like trying to make the bed, and then then the guy was telling me, you know, Stevie Wonder was back, and then he was in the back of the bus, and all of a sudden, you know, I I started to find Velcro, you know, on things, and I'm thinking, my God, maybe he Velcroed himself in, maybe it was more like a David Letterman kind of thing, but, you know, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, you know, it's one of those things.
2: Oh my God, now you're into country music, you're amazing.
3: Well, it's it's classic country. It's mm-hmm. the country music that was at the beginning of rock and roll. And to me, um, Wanda Jackson, actually, they put her in country, but that's not country. That's rock and roll. Yeah. But I love it. And all of those early country records were very closely linked to R&D. Right. And they really and truly were the foundation of everything I sang. So... To be able to go back and do a record like this with the Nashville cast, that was kind of wow. That's extraordinary. That's on my. That was on my bucket list. You well, know you I mean? did it.
2: I mean, you're with Vince Gill, Emmylou Harris, Allison Krauss, right? Willie Nelson. They're all there, and uh, and I heard a clip from it, from your song, which we're going to play in a little while. And it it truly is the original sound of country. What
3: are you playing? Are you playing Funnel of Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, I mean, that's got that, the original flavor of what... I played country for 20 years on KREK Radio here in Sacramento, and uh, and that's the country we used to play, you know.
3: Wow. Well, I just... You know, I was in a rockabilly band, so I kind of cut my teeth on that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, to be able to sing it is really a great gift, especially with those musicians. They were great. And, you know, they have Willie Nelson walk in. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him at We Are The World, but it was like, there was so much other stuff going on. Couldn't really talk to anybody. And everybody I talked to was brighter than me anyway. But they had like really orange and yellow hair. <laughs> and Billy Joel talked to me because they knew him. You
2: know? yeah, yeah. But they're all going, who's that little chick? That cutie with the crazy hair. What part of New York are you from?
3: Queens.
2: I'm from uh, Washington. And
3: Brooklyn.
2: H- I'm from Washington Heights.
3: Oh, Brom. Wow.
2: Yeah. Right? I, I grew so? up there. What are
3: you doing
2: out there? I met a girl. There
3: you
2: go. <laughs> I met a girl, and I followed her to Los Angeles, and uh, ended up working for Dick Clark, who I saw give you an oh award. God. Yeah, I yeah. saw him give you an award in Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden? Yeah. In, in a wrestling match, you're you're in the ring, and he came out and gave you an award. Do you remember that? Oh,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. Wrestling, <laughs> of course. No one knows. I was also a wrestling manager for a while.
2: Explain that to everybody. You, you were really into wrestling.
3: Well, here's what happened. <laughs> we came out with Girls Just Want to Have Fun. We had Captain Lou in it. It got maybe three ads. I even got a letter from one of the head programmers explaining to us that we really... Not We're not going to get very far with girls just want to have fun. My voice was too high. It would never be a hit on pop radio, let alone album radio. Wow. And if we wanted to come in and talk to him, we could. And he would discuss my career with us. And my manager at the time, Dave Wolf, said, no. I have an idea. So he went to wrestling to Vince um and he, he spoke to Vince about at the wwe about doing a cross promotion of rock and wrestling mm-hmm. which they kind of did before but not successfully so he did was loved wrestling since he was little and had an idea I saw wrestling since I was little because my grandfather would always watch wrestling Right. Bruno Sammartino, you yeah, know, that was a yeah. big thing for the Italian. And and so and we're Italian, so, you know, that's why. And <laughs> so when I met Captain Lou, I met him on an airplane. Uh, I was in Blue Angel at the time, and I had an idea to do a commercial. I had originally wanted to do it with Tom Carvel. It's a local ice cream place around here, and he would always do these commercials, And they were really, really bad. They would be like, Hi, this is Tom Carvel. And look at this cake. It's a whale. Look at that whale. And I started to think, Wow, what if we had a commercial? Blue Angel. What a great group. Check it out. It's awesome or whatever you know play the music and it's funny you know what i mean radio used to be funny yeah and so then um when i met him i met captain lou and he was totally crazy and funny and nice but really crazy and he had been working with NRBQ. You might remember that song, yeah. you know. Yeah. Some say the man's not wrapped too tight, Captain Woo, Captain Woo, Albano. You know, <laughs> everybody kind of loved him. I loved him. He was a little nutty. He probably was a little OCD. I don't know. Yeah. But he made everything I did fun. He did. He him did. and Roddy Piper. And I started to think, you know, Gave Wolf had his ideas, and my idea was Captain Wu. I used to watch those 60s movies, beach movies, because they were really terrible, <laughs> and kind of funny, kind of funny. But they always had, like, the big kahuna.
2: That's right. With the
3: little nutty. Mm-hmm. And I kept looking at Captain Wu thinking, he could be my big kahuna. He could be, you know, my advisor. Uh-huh. And so... We started to do stuff like that, and we also worked with Vince. And then I started um, doing. Uh, there was this uh, female wrestler, yeah. and you know, Captain Wu kind of lost it. You know, as as sometimes, you know, you you could you hang out with wrestlers, and you might find that you yourself have an episode
2: of, you know, out-of-control behavior. Yeah, I, I, I saw so, an interview with you and Captain Lou came into it and, and then a fight broke out and they dragged you off and Hulk Hogan becomes your, your bodyguard.
3: Well, he was my bodyguard because... Everybody had bodyguards at the American <laughs> Music Awards, and I just felt like if it's dangerous, I should have a bodyguard.
2: Yeah, that's what I love about you. You do everything. You've been on The View, you, and you take a stand politically, man, and and I wouldn't want to go against you. I mean, you just, <laughs> you really believe in yourself. Thank you so much, Cindy. It was a delight I talking. All
3: right. Thank Ta- you. Take care. Take Bye-bye. care of yourself. All right. See you then. Bye.
0: That's all for today's episode of Celebrity Interviews with Joey Mitchell. Join us again next week for another well-known celebrity that most likely only aired once on Joey's show until now. Now you can subscribe to the podcast at patreon.com slash joeymitchellpodcast patreon.com slash Podcast. and you'll never miss an episode or extras only available to subscribers. Please visit and like Joey Mitchell's podcast on Facebook and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.